The world has changed a lot in a few short months. Not that long ago, COVID-19 was not in our vocabulary. We had never heard of shelter in place or social distancing. We've been plunged into a world without church services, movie theaters, handshakes, or hugs. A world at home. And this season has taught us a lot. Some of the lessons were fun and some of them painful. Most of them seasoned with the bitterness of loneliness and isolation. But we must remember that we are not alone in the church. We need each other now more than ever. We are all called to minister to our friends, children, and neighbors. We are all called to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to open our homes to the lost and broken, and introduce them to the God who is longing to meet with them. And as we engage with the pain around us, we become a beacon of hope. Our homes can become the light of community the world is starved for. As the church, we must remind people in this season that we may be home, but we are not alone. Hello Living Streams, good to be with you again on a Sunday, another digital Sunday. I'm here inside your TV or computer trying to find my way, no, not really trying to find my way out. And for me, you guys are inside this little lens right here, so don't know how you fit in there, but it's pretty cool. Um, but none of that's exciting as what's going to happen June 28th. We're going to get back together on a Sunday morning in our building at Central and Glendale, and uh, it's going to be great. Lots more details to come about that. Um, but also some other good stuff. Our youth are getting back together again. Our life groups have been meeting, but they're getting back together in person, which is exciting. We had a worship night last Friday night, and it was very nice, very fun. The joy was palpable. And uh, so we know that the cases are rising again in Arizona, so we're paying attention to that and trying to be real cognizant there. But at this point, we're still going forward for June 28th. So mark your calendar and uh, get ready for that. All right, and then today we're going to be continuing into our At Home But Not Alone series. Um, and, uh, and, and I'm excited about that. We've gotten to see some of the pictures you're sending us of your gatherings at home. And it's doing this pastor's heart really good to know that we're coming back together, that we're loving on one another. And it's been doing really uh, my heart a lot of good to hear the stories of how you're engaging in society's pain, especially in our black, you know, African-American, Caribbean um, American community that, that's going through some, some struggle right now. And uh, so keep up the good work there. Church, let's be the church. Let's do what God's calling us to do. And hopefully this message will help us navigate how to go further in to what God is calling us to do to, to, um, in, in our season right now. So the title of this message is God is Sending You. And uh, I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 10. Um, to give us some context for our message as we look to way, the way Jesus was sending out his disciples. And we're going to get three different points today, if you're taking notes. We're going to get the reality that we are sent by God. I want to really emphasize that again. Even though the past three weeks we've really made that clear that you are a priest, you are called by God to do the work of the ministry. Um, but we're also going to get the nature of our sending today from Jesus. And we're also going to get how to accomplish what we've been sent to do from Jesus. So let's jump in. Matthew chapter 10, uh, verse 1 says this, 
He called his 12 disciples to him, and he gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Then in verse 5 it says, These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. And as you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, and drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And then he adds to that, I am sending you, in verse 16, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore be as shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. Be on your guard against men. They will hand you over to local councils and flog you in their synagogues. On my account you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time you'll be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. So again, this is Matthew 10. This is Jesus commissioning his disciples. They've spent a little time with him. They've come to him and he's sending them out. Um, and as you know, we've been kind of trying to help the kids stay a little more engaged in our services. So um, we've got a couple pictures um, I want to show you guys. The first one was from uh, uh, the first week when we had the kids draw a picture of what the home but not alone church could look like. So you could pop up that. This is the winner of that one. And then um, the next time we had them draw a picture of what it looked like to be a priest. And so here you can see that picture of what it looked like for them to be a priest. Um, and now this one, kids, this is what I want you to do. When Jesus first called his, his first disciples to him, he said to them, If you follow me, I will make you fisher of men. Again, the idea that Jesus was bringing them so he could send them. So they were being sent to be fishers of men, not just fishers of fish. So I want you kids to draw me a picture of what it looks like for someone to fish for a person. So a fisher of men, draw that picture, send it to me however you can, email. Um, if your parents have my phone number, just text it or whatever, post it to Instagram, whatever, and we'll, we'll come by with the winner and give you a little prize, okay? So that's that. So the first point that we're going into, the reality that we are sent by God. I don't want you to miss this, Living Streams. You, no matter how many days you've been following Christ, to be saved is to be sent. There's no doubt about it. You are sent. You are called. Whatever God has given you is not just for you. Freely you have received. Freely give. Now I want to read this to you. Though our world is looking for a vaccine for COVID-19 right now, the scriptures teach that when, when Christ came, he put his spirit in us. And we became the vaccine for the world's pain, literally. Sin is the root cause of all that is wrong and painful and evil in the world. All racism, all sex trafficking, all abortion, greed, abuse, hatred, envy, adultery, they are all byproducts of sin. And sin causes death and pain every time. Whether we deem it large or small, whether it's caught on camera or remains hidden, sin causes death and pain every single time. And we are all guilty of sin. You and I both. We are guilty. We have all added to the pain in our world. Yet, there's something that, God, that, can, that can undo the effects of sin. The good news of Christ, the gospel, is that the Creator God has not destined us to all this pain. Instead, He sent His own Son to offer His innocent blood to pay the price of justice for everyone who receives Him. 
Jesus' blood cleanses us from our sin. His Spirit empowers us to overcome our sinful nature. And His promised return will eradicate the stain of sin and humanity's sinful nature forevermore. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above Him there is no other. Jesus is the way. This is the gospel. This is the message. This is the only thing we have to offer to our own souls in unrest. And it's the only thing of power and substance that we really can offer to a world that's unrest as well. And please, my friends, we've got to be about the gospel. You are called to preach the gospel. You are called to share Jesus with people. And I know it's hard in all this chaos and craziness and everybody's got an answer, everybody's got a new angle or agenda, but, but we can't get caught up in those type of things. We can support the people that God has put in our life. We can support the things we need to. But above all of that, we've got to be about the gospel. That's what Jesus was about. He was about the message of the kingdom of heaven and how it was come and it is near. And really, all of the pain and agony in society is really just a longing for the reign of Christ. So every other answer, every other thing we offer is, is humanistic. Everything we offer, it's not going to bring actual, long-lasting, forever, eternal type change, except for the gospel. And so when you get overwhelmed by all of the noise, all the chaos, you're not sure which way to go, not sure what to feel, not sure if you're the horrible person or somebody else's, just remember that God's Word has been there and done that. God's Word is a trustworthy source to show us the way to go. God's Word has navigated times like this and way more intense times. Go to the Word of God. Get steeped in the Word of God. Get rooted in the Word of God. Share the Word of God. It will not fail you. And don't forget the Gospel because it is the power of God to salvation. We all want to bring change. We all want to see victims and injustices you know, remedied and made right. We want to see that. And no matter how badly we want it, there's really nothing we can do except for with the power of the gospel. That is what brings salvation. That is what brings actual change to humanity's hurts and woes and pains. That's what our society really needs. We need Christ's reign to come into our individual lives, into our families, into our societies, into our community groups, whatever they might be. We need the gospel. It's the power. So as you fret, as you worry, as you get stressed, just like I have this week, it's like, oh no, what am I doing? What should I do? we got to remember the gospel is powerful enough to break through whatever barriers might be between us, uh, might be inside of us, whatever it is. So really chew on that. Really chew on the gospel. Really remind yourself. Sing those songs of worship that remind us of the truth and the promises of God. Share those with your friends and family. And uh, let's see if we can't get some salvation going on to people who are hurting. So that's that's uh, point number one, that, that we have been sent by Jesus. Here's some verses to back it up. Matthew 10, as we read, Jesus called his 12 to him and gave them authority. And then in verse 5, he sends them out. Mark 6 says, Jesus called, uh, verse 7, he called the 12 to him and he began to send them out two by two. Uh, Luke 9 says, when Jesus had called together the 12, he gave them power and authority to drive out. And verse 2, he says, he sent them out. Um, ver, uh, Luke 9, when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power. I just read that one. Luke 10, um, Jesus then appointed 72 others and sent them. Now that's kind of fascinating. We always think about the 12, but here's 72 others that Jesus commissions and sends. Um, so always in Jesus' mind, for someone to be saved was, was to be sent. You come to Jesus so that you can go with Jesus into the world. And that is you and I. Whether you think you're good at it or not, whether you've got it figured out or not, whether you're eloquent or not, it doesn't matter. 
It's the call of God upon your life that's going to heal the world. So you have been sent. So now let's go on to point number two. What is the nature of our sending? This is, this is where it doesn't sound as fun. <laughs> Jesus is honest with his disciples, and he speaks to them in Matthew chapter 10. And in verse 16 he says, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore be shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. And it is true, Jesus is making it very clear that as you go out with the gospel, as you go out with the vaccine, as you go out to heal and help and bless a world, it's not always going to come out pretty and neat and clean. In fact, oftentimes it's going to feel a lot like you're a sheep among wolves. And some of you have tried to share Christ with your family or a co-worker of differing political views or differing philosophies or whatever. You, you felt that, whoa, explosion that took place. And... Uh, Jesus was being honest. And, and what we have to deal with today is, is there's this concept of propaganda. And propaganda is basically information, especially of a biased nature, used to promote a particular point of view. And propaganda is at an all-time high these days. I mean, with social media, we're all basically part of a propaganda machine. The news media, propaganda machine, depending on where you want, you can get whatever bias you want. The way that we read articles on the, on the internet, it's, it's just everything is filled with so much bias. That's the beauty of the Word of God. That's the beauty of the Gospel, is it cuts through all of those things. It's God's words. It's not tainted by our, our biases and all of those things. So as you go out into this world, as you, as you navigate in, you're, you're going to be fighting against a lot, of, um, a lot of things that don't agree with you or with the with Christ or with the gospel. So then our job is to make sure we're really staying true to the word of God and not using the word of God to support our agenda or our bias. We're really staying true with the gospel and and making sure the gospel is not something that we have created just to serve our purposes, but the gospel is way bigger than making you happy or making me happy. The gospel really is about reconciliation with all people. And so if your gospel doesn't have that part of it, where it's just a gospel for you and yours, then it's not the Jesus Christ gospel. It's one that you've made up. So we've got to really be diving in and understanding what the true gospel is um, as we go and navigate, because there's so, many, uh, so much propaganda going on. Then in verse 22, he says, You will be hated by everyone because of me. <laughs> as he sends you out, just so you know you're going to be like a sheep among wolves. Oh, and by the way, you'll be hated by everyone. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this is true. Um, all over the world, there are people who are standing up for Christ, standing in Christ, preaching Christ, and they are going through massive persecution. They are hated and they are abused. No doubt about it. Here in our country and in our city, um, what I've experienced more is it's just unpopular. And it's true that there is this, there's, America's kind of driven on this concept of populism. Populism is this. It's a political strategy that frames information in a way that creates a battle between the virtuous ordinary people and the nefarious or cor corrupt elite. It's basically this constant strategy to kind of pit people against each other. It's why we have so much division. Because populism is basically whatever I feel like is popular or important then that's the most important and true. And that's kind of the way our country is. We don't necessarily vote based on like a guidebook like the Bible anymore. We don't really believe what's, what, what, what the Bible teaches or some sort of kind of foundational thing. We've kind of made truth relative. Whatever I feel, whatever most people think is probably the right thing. And it's, it's, it's populism. 
And it's going to lead us into very dark places, and honestly, it's going to also lead us to great divisions, and that's what we're experiencing these days. And yet, the gospel, the word of God, it can break through all those things. But please know that as you walk in Christ, as you live out Christ, as you preach Christ, you're going to be hitting this populism. And, 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 and Christianity is, is, is never really going to be that popular. We have gone through a season where you know, we haven't really had much trouble as Christians, but, but it's very likely that the more and more we keep going, the more and more these divisions get, the more and more the gospel will become more odious and offensive. And that's what Jesus was teaching in this reality. But we've got to stay committed to each other. We've got to link arms together with each other as we go this. Because Jesus says, um, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. So it's going to take perseverance, my friends. It's going to take perseverance. So lastly, how do we accomplish what we have been sent to do? That's the third thing. How do we accomplish what we've been sent to do? In verse 5 and 6, um, Jesus says to his disciples, Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of Samaritans. Go to the lost sheep of Israel. Now this is very interesting in the light of kind of the, the racial unrest going on in our society. When I read this verse, I was like, Nah, let's just go to the next verse. I don't like this verse. Because in some ways, Jesus is, is, is at first sounding like he's saying, you know, stick to your own people. Don't really try and build bridges outside. And that, that's not at all what Jesus is saying here. And, 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 and you can see in verse 18, um, he actually says that as you go to the lost sheep of Israel and you deal with the populism and the propaganda and you go through tough times and you stay true, it's going to be a great witness, verse 18, to the Gentiles. So it's not that God doesn't care about all people. But what Jesus was saying to his disciples here is, is don't think you've got to go way out there. Don't think you've got to do something grand or massive or huge. He said, first of all, just go where I'm sending you. That's what we need to do. Wherever God is calling us to go, that's where we go. And if God is not calling you to some faraway place, Africa, Belize, Ecuador, Bali, whatever, then that means he is sending you right here. You are sent right where you are. And that's what Jesus is trying to say. This is the way the message translation says it. Don't begin your sending. Don't begin by traveling to some far off place to convert unbelievers. And don't try to be dramatic by tackling some grand public enemy. Go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Tell them that the kingdom is here. Tell them that God loves them and His favor is ready to just blow over them and change everything if they'll receive it. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, guys, you don't have to make some massive life-altering thing. He says, just start paying attention to right where you are. And that's not to take away that I think God does call some people to go different places and, and, and we're supposed to go where God is sending us. But a lot of us need to realize that God is sending us right here to this city. And that's one of the big things at Living Streams. We want to engage in society's pain. And there's a lot of pain in this city. There's a lot of pain in this city. I actually just got to sit with 15 um, African-American pastors um, and there was 15 uh, wh white pastors and we all got together in a room um, and we just tried to talk, we just tried to hear, we just tried to listen and, and honestly it didn't go very well. It was raw, it was rough, it was um, a tough time and, uh, but in, 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 in coming out of it what I really think it was just like we don't know each other. They don't know us and we don't know them. And, uh, and that's not right. I mean, we're all part of the same body. We're the same bride. We're, we're, we should be one. And so it's given me some encouragement that, that I know a little bit of, of, of a problem there that I think I can go to. Um, 
because sometimes it gets so complex I get lost. And sometimes it feels like there's this giant elephant and we're all supposed to just fix and, you know, they talk about eating the elephant. How do you eat the elephant? We just eat it one bite at a time. And I like what Jesus is saying. He's saying, don't think it's got to be some grandiose, massive, you know, strategy. It can just start with just going right where you are. Just paying attention to those around you. Just inviting people into your home that maybe aren't like you, don't look like you. And seeing if they'll come. Or earning the right to be invited to their own home because of the love and care that you've shown them um, from time to time. So I think that's an important thing for us to do as we go out and, and try and heal the world. Um, and then another thing here, I love how Jesus just breaks it down super simply. In verse 42, he sums it all up with saying, And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. I just am so thankful for the way Jesus leads us. He doesn't tell us we got to climb a mountain, stare at our belly button for days and not eat and shave our head. What? He's saying, look, if you really want to see the kingdom come and the Lord's will be done on earth, if you want, really want to see righteousness and justice overcome all of the sin and wickedness and wrong, so just start giving some cold water to a little one somewhere. Start loving somebody somewhere. And that's what Jesus did. He, he was a small town pastor. He was a small town um, Messiah. He was a small town, all that. He didn't go to Rome. He didn't go to all these places. He just started loving the ones that the Lord was giving him. In John 17, he actually says, Father, I have kept all those you've given to me. And he was speaking about his disciples. And yet that little bit he did multiplied and multiplied and multiplied and multiplied and here we are today thousands of years later in a far off place so full of the love of Christ and so that's our call we can just go little by little neighbor by neighbor co-worker by co-worker house by house church by church relationship by relationship and one of the people that I think does this better than anybody anybody who knows my wife Brittany she is she's magic at this um, for whatever reason, she's just felt called to kids. And uh, she's had lots of opportunities to do things in other places, but she keeps going, no, that's dumb stuff. Even if it's like really cool sounding stuff. Because she just knows that God's called her to kids. And so I've always called her my Peter Pan. Where she just, she's always looking for lost boys to teach them how to fly. And uh, I'm so proud of her. <laughs> What's this coming from? <laughs> it was not in my notes. Um, but she's just taught me so much about how going small can be really big. And I've seen her really, really shape some people's hearts and minds with the gospel in one-on-one -on -one type ways. And, uh, and I want to be that. And I, 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 when I think of the greatest moments of discipleship in my life, it was just randomly, somebody, the Lord just gave me somebody. When I was in Belize, and nobody cared at all about us. We're the only white people in the whole place. And yet, at one point, I met this guy. He wanted to learn guitar. I knew how to play guitar. He started coming over every day, and I'd teach him a little guitar. And uh, his name's Orel Castillo, and he's, he's leading worship, you know, in Belize all the time. He ended up winning kind of the American Idol, or he got second place in the American Idol version of Belize. And uh, now it's so fun to go on, on, on uh, Facebook, and there he is. He's doing, like, noon prayer times for um, the people in Belize. And, and I just, it's just amazing what the Lord can do if we're willing to just notice who he's given us and give ourselves in that way. 
So we're going we're gonna to conclude here. And, um, part of our Home But Not Alone series is we're wanting you to do a little work in your groups, in your homes where you're at. Uh, we're going to put up a slide here in just a second that's going to kind of line out some steps you can take and a little sharing that you can do. Uh, we'd love for you to really take advantage of this and lean into each other in those, in those groups. Um, and then we'll have a song of worship to kind of conclude afterwards. So um, take advantage of this time. If you're by yourself, you can still go through the steps. That's no problem. No worries at all. But uh, Lord bless you, and, and I pray that he speaks to you right now in this time.